When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good, everybody. We are live here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. AG, Aaron Gershon in the house. My name is Vinny Hardy. How you doing, Aaron? Can't complain, man. Uh, We got football, what, less than 48 hours away, uh, Kentucky-wise covering. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long summer. So excited to get out to media day on Friday, get the fan day on Saturday. And uh uh, we're here, man. It's it's football season. Uh, basketball, of course, made a move. We'll get to as well, but uh, it's a, it's an exciting time of year because it means college sports are you know we're here. Uh, the start of from now on, really. I know there's no action until September second or some college. Uh, obviously, there's week zero college football, but from August until you know June, college sports is a go. So it's good to start another year. Yeah, yeah. Fall sports all the way to. Hopefully a long baseball run. You're right, man. So super regionals or baseball, softball, whatever the case might be. It's just you're right, man. It's time. It's time. It's time. Our guy Jalen Whitlow was is coaching. Like speaking of camp, the high school thing is already rolling. So uh, he's tied up with that for the past few weeks. So like you said, they're getting their season started down there in Georgia. So it is it is that for sure. Like you said, the the fan day, which you and the media day, but you already had you know, media days for SEC, but this Kentucky's coming up. So um you have constant interactions with those guys anyway, but anything that hadn't been asked or anything you looking to try to get in, one more little angle you're trying to take before the season starts. I wouldn't say an angle yet, but just the new guys. I mean, there's there's a handful of players who have been added to this roster since spring ball. Um, obviously, we were around, you know, st- around Stoops plenty. Uh, saw him in Nashville. Uh, I am interested to see with his um, press conference, uh, just kind of how he approaches things. I think we've talked about it on here before, but I think last year he kind of admittedly got a little carried away of kind of buying into the hype of this team. And, you know, last year he also, you know, it was a tough spot for him because he had to market Will Levis too and kind of kind of make sure he was pushing positive things out about Will, knowing he was going to be a draft pick, uh, early draft pick, you know, a guy at, you know, for most of really until draft day, we all thought would at least be in the first round, if not top 10. So um, I understood it a little bit, but I think he wanted to get away from just giving all the the accolades all the credit before things get going and that's not to say he uh he's not high on this team he doesn't believe in this team i just think that 
he, he, he made that comment at the beginning of spring ball and it stuck with me. So I'm interested to see that from his press conference, obviously Liam Cohen's first media press or media day press conference, I should say uh, back at Kentucky. So it'll be good to hear from him. And then yeah, players wise, like I said, it's kind of just the new guys, some of the transfers uh, that came in uh, after spring ball, you know, there's a handful of those. And then a couple of the freshmen who, you know, we don't get to talk to any true freshmen unless they make an impact on the field. So other than, media day so it'll be a chance for some of those guys and i'm sure there'll be some i, I don't know if we're going to see a dane key and barry on brown year from anybody i think guys like anthony brown guys like jamar porter um on the some of the guys on the defensive end uh, may play and do stuff but i'm not so sure we're going to have you know that number one and Dion walker i should throw in the Barry on Brown Dane key conversations as well, but I'm not sure if any of these freshmen are going to be, you know, coming and be huge, huge difference makers year one. Um, but it's going to be uh, interesting to talk to those guys. Cause I don't know when the next time uh, we'll be able to do that is. I'm going to take a crazy little turn. Cause I know you're an NFL guy just yeah. like myself and you keep an eye on your giants and the Saquon thing and, and yeah. all that. But if, <laughs> And this is not going to happen. But okay. if Liam Cohen came in on media days and and went full Sean Payton and just trash Rich Gangrello <laughs> and just said that the previous uh, coordinator was trash and you see the difference in the points per game <laughs> after I was here and then the following year, and this is – I mean, it was terrible and it looked like a good hire, but Mark had clearly – you know, messed up. This is why I'm back. If he went full Sean Payton on Nathaniel Hackett, would the BBN be like, uh, we, we we agree with you, Liam. You're absolutely right. I think <laughs> they'd respect the hell out of it, man. They'd respect the hell out of it. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I man, I, that'd be funny. And I'd respect the honesty, too, whether I think it's the right move or not. Right. Uh, right. He has every... Now, I wouldn't say every right, but he uh, – I, I, and I don't think anyone would have any, any objections to those statements. But, uh, I, oh, my gosh. I think he could hilarious. pull it off, too. I think he, he could. could pull it he off and, and, and not even get any pushback from – because he, he was so good his first year. So Yeah, it was the best he, offense of Stoops' tenure here. It's the best offense since probably 07, I, I would say. Best offense since mm-hmm. 07 had to be. He's highly regarded, you know, he – He's really in a good spot with the fans. If he if he came in guns blazing like that, I don't think anybody would even say. Man, They'd be ready to name him the head coach in waiting. <laughs> that, that's what it would be. I'm, I think they already might be, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, that's how far it would go. That's uh, yeah. that's funny. And should, Peyton already said it. Now, he's, why why walk it back? I mean, he, No, nah, don't walk it back. I know. That, that made it lame. Like, uh, look, I don't con- – I guess I don't condone that. Uh, I don't no. think it's smart, but I am all for open. I, I, I don't actually, I take that back. I'm all for it. Well, why not? You're saying what's on your mind. You're honest. And it, it was the, it was he lying. Like I, 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 Russell Wilson might be washed. I mean, who knows? Right. He wasn't very good at the end of his time in Seattle. He wasn't the same guy we saw, you know, win a ring early, you know, be in the MVP hunt, be a pro bowl or whatever. But I don't know. I we have, we were forced to watch that Denver team a lot last year with the primetime games. Yeah, and they were just they were. Te- you could tell they were poorly coached. Uh, you could tell that they had some talent. Like the defense was awesome, and 
the offense had some playmakers and it just it didn't work out. And yeah, it, it, you gotta obviously Russell Wilson deserves plenty of blame, but you gotta question the coaching. So and Sean Payton, like, look, obviously the bounty gate, he he's done some shady things <laughs> in his coaching career. Uh, I think he was the offense coordinator for both the Cowboys and Giants at one point. So yeah. we both yeah. both know kind of a little bit about him there. But uh I'm not calling him you know, Mr. Perfect and, and completely just rolling over this whole thing that he did. But like, he's done a lot of good things in his coaching career. He's done a hell of a lot more than Nathaniel Hackett. So if he's going to speak his mind and that's his way of kind of instilling confidence into uh, Russell Wilson, then you know what? Why not? Why not? Blaming the previous administration, which, like you said, that, that's the reason he's in Denver in the first place. Because if they, that, it was that, a first year head coach who didn't make it through year one, man. And we're talking like we're talking the Denver Broncos. I know they haven't been to the playoffs since the Super Bowl, but they're like one of the most. I, I, I don't know about they're in the top ten of competent, successful franchises when you think of the NFL, right? I mean, they've had a lot of success. Um, obviously, the Elway years they were in it every year. It felt like they went win the Super Bowl twice in the late nineties, whatever. But like even. Early 2000s, like with Plunkett, they got to an AFC championship game. Obviously, Peyton takes them to the next level. Um, they win a Super Bowl his last year. But, like, even, like, I, I, when I think of Denver's lack of success, it, it hasn't necessarily been incompetence. It's just been bad coaching. And there's been talent. Like, you look at the defenses every single year there, and they're really good. And mm-hmm. Vic Vangio was the head coach and had elite defenses, and that's what he was there to do. He decided to hire a clown in Pat Shermer, who I know very well as his offense coordinator. That's his fault. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I just – I was totally cool with it. I think, one, it makes for fun, and that's what it should be. Two, there's a game between the Jets and Broncos pretty damn early. I think it's week five. <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, they're going to have to – with the new rules and how you can manipulate game times, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Flex, uh, flex them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know that your Cowboys are supposed to play the 49ers on Sunday Night Football that week. Uh, give me the Jets and Broncos. Like, oh, I, oh, we'll oh, see the stop. we'll see that we'll see stop. we'll see Cowboys 49ers in the playoffs probably. <laughs> I mean, we'll see it. We'll see it in January, first <laughs> or second round. Um, just save it for that and give me give me Jets Broncos in prime time. This would be the most highly anticipated game between two teams that are probably not going anywhere. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see this thing blow up. And I, I, here's the thing, man. Like, I was, just, I was actually having this conversation with my dad today. Uh, it's funny because he's like, "Don't you want to see this whole Jets thing blow up?" And I'm like, "Yes." And here's why. Like, I, I mean, I, look, I don't as a Giants fan, Jets, whatever. I don't really, and even with the Mets, like, I don't hate those teams. They're kind of just there. Like there's no you play them the Yankees and Mets play four to six games a year, uh, they play in the World Series once when I was one years old. That whatever the Jets and Giants play every four years. Now they might meet every two depending on same place finishing and all that. So at most we're gonna see them twice a decade, three four times a decade, whatever. So I don't really care about them because they're not the Cowboys, they're not the uh, Commanders, they're not the Eagles. I don't worry about them. So with the Jets, it's for me, it's the players. And Aaron Rodgers, I've never been an Aaron Rodgers guy. Sorry, Dick Gabriel. I can't stand him. Uh, the whole, all the stories with how he's treated his family, some of the comments, I just can't, I can't do it with Aaron Rodgers. And so if they had Peyton, if like if Peyton Manning went to from Indy to the Jets when he did his whole, I would 
I'd be rooting for the Jets to win almost every game. I love Peyton yeah. Manning. If Eli Manning decided, you know, I got one more in me, I'm staying in New York, I'm playing for the Jets, I'd hope the Jets go 16 to 0. Like, wow. I, I genuinely don't hate the Jets, but it's Aaron Rodgers who I can't stand. And now I have all my buddies from home who are Jets fans already calling, you know, 15 and 2 or winning the Super Bowl <laughs> when you haven't done anything. You have the longest, not just playoff drought in football, because the Seattle Mariners went to the playoffs last year, they have the longest drought in Americans, North American sports. So like, I don't want to hear Super Bowl just because you got a 40 year old quarterback who are, I, I know the wide receiver sucked last year, but he was terrible last year. He was terrible. I mean, look at the, I'm sorry. So I look, I can't root for the jets and I hope the Broncos win that game week five. So that's yeah. Yeah. And, and for him to, which anybody would do it, but him to jump in and keep my coach's name out of your mouth and oh. all him trying to. Well, well, I, I'm okay with that, I guess. But like, still, uh, yeah. Like, but oh, the fact that it's up. him. Yeah, exactly. It's him. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so like, I had, yeah, I had I'm to, glad yeah. they got hard knocks because hard, as you know, as a Cowboys fan two years ago, hard knocks is cursed. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I know we took a little crazy NFL turn, but. You know, had to do it because you it's know. fun. And I might put it out on a poll. Follow us on Believe in Kentucky on Twitter. Uh, you know, would you be cool if Leon Cohen went for Sean Payton? Might tweet that out <laughs> as a as a Twitter poll because he could pull it off and get away with. That's that was the, my whole thinking for even taking us that direction. But yeah, um, <clears throat> so we got Fan Day, got Media Day. Uh, like you said, it gets rolling. You're uh, looking to get some interviews with a couple guys that you hadn't talked to before. And, and like you said, Stoops kind of – he probably kind of gave in to the fact that you got to believe the hype. You know, you, you got the preseason respect, didn't handle it well. So if you get in that position a year or two from now, he'll probably, you know, handle it better. Just like with yeah. Coach Mingione. You're back in the regionals, and so let's see how you handle it this time around, as opposed to the first time around, you know, six years ago. So you know, right. these they're experts, they're professionals, they're paid well, but they're still for all the things they've seen and done. Sometimes there's still some things they haven't experienced yet, and they have to learn when they experience those things. So yeah. when Kentucky gets you know picked second in the East again, or gets ranked preseason again. You know, Stoops will kind of have a feel on how to approach that perception as opposed to being yeah. laying under the radar, watch out for Kentucky as a sleeper, as a dark right. horse, where they are comfortable anyway when they can put an extra chip on their shoulder, when they can put the playoff logo in the weight room, that kind of thing. So, Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, if when that time comes, they're picked second again, I think they'll handle it differently. And mm-hmm. I, I, we talked about it last week that the quote that stood out to me the most from uh, Nashville when it comes to Kentucky was, you know, Mark saying how he didn't think they handled adversity well last year. And it makes total sense. Not just, you know, you, the expectations part of it, the Levis injury, the offensive line not doing well, Skank Gorilla not working out being Mm -hmm. some you know clear we saw it on social media beef with him and some of the players like they didn't handle things well last year so i think they'll they have learned from what happened last year and you know what's the old saying in every sport don't make the same mistake twice right so that's Mm -hmm. what they're gonna they don't have that this year they'll have the chip on their shoulder but if they win nine ten games you know this year you know they could be back being picked to finish second again next year in dallas at media days so um, and you know, I, I, when I was thinking about it, year two guys like Liam Cohen too. Like, 
everyone's expecting and I expect him to do a great job. I think they're going to have a much better offense, but everyone's coming in here and kind of just anointing him as the savior. They're going to be, you know, Liam's back. Everything's going to be fine. And I'm not poo-pooing that, but like he's got to prove himself too, right? I mean, he went away for a year. Uh, this offense imploded, and that's not his fault that they imploded last year. But the one thing that there are two things that Liam doesn't have this time that he had. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go and say three things he had in 2021. He de- doesn't have this time. Uh, the first is, you know, the offense line should be better this year. It's not. It doesn't have three NFL dudes on it. I, I don't even know. Eli Cox is the only one right now who I feel comfortable saying is going to be a draft pick at some point. Um, so that's the first thing, right? I mean, I th- again, the offensive line, adding Marquez Cox, add, who might be a draft pick too. I'm just not – I don't know yeah. if he's a lock. Uh, but adding Marcus Cox, adding um, Cortland Ford, who mm-hmm. he struggled a little bit at, at USC, but from all accounts, uh, I've heard some pretty pretty good things. Um Eli Cox back in his natural position. Kenneth Thornton back in his natural position. He's still got to figure out Jagger Burton at center. I mean, the last time you had Luke Fortner, who took help, he was the center for a team that went to the second round of the NFL postseason and gave the Chiefs a pretty damn good fight. So uh, this time you got a guy in Jagger Burton who's never played the position in the college game. So um, that's the one first thing he doesn't have. The second is he doesn't have uh, yet. I'll say not yet. A guy where you know, he, he kind of comes from that Mark Whipple tree. He does mm-hmm. come from the Mark Whipple tree. And Mark Whipple's philosophy is when you have a playmaker, feed them the damn ball. And look at what he did with Wandale Robinson. <laughs> I mean, over 100 yard, uh, 100 receptions, mm-hmm. uh, over 1,000 <laughs> yards, I think, set the receiving uh, yard and catch record, if I'm not mistaken, um, in a single season. So I think Barry on Brown and Dane Key are very good. Uh, they we We'll see how they jump, but neither of them were – Wandale last year. I think that's fair. And I don't think anyone else in that wide receiver room is going to be that either. So he doesn't have that true, I can throw it to him 10 times a game and know we're going to make every one of those plays and have something happen on those. So he doesn't have that this time. Mm-hmm. And the third thing he doesn't have this time is, which I really like Ray Davis a lot. I think he's underrated. I could not believe he didn't make all SEC. But he doesn't have a Chris Rodriguez or Benny Snell. And he had Chris, obviously. But I'm, Chris and Benny, to me, were, you know, outside of Collins, the two best running backs in Kentucky history. And Ray Davis might, I think he can have an outstanding year, but they're going to, they're going to move guys in and out of that spot. You're going to see a lot of different looks. You have a lot of different backs in that room. I think just with the depth they have and this era of college sports, where you got to kind of (laughs) keep, kind of got to keep people happy. uh, People are going to get reps. You know, Ray Davis might be the bolt guy, but I don't think he's going to be like Chris, and Benny where it's kind of their show. And then you get AJ Rose in there a little bit in like 2018. And then I guess with Chris it would have been Cavassi or whatever uh, mixing in a little bit. I think Juton's going to get some run. I think the new kid from NC state uh, Demi is going to get some run. I think mm-hmm. even Wilcox is in play to get some run. So those are the three questions. You know, those are the three big differences from 21 that we still got to see Liam succeed with. But I think, you know, he's a smart enough coach. He's got a lot of depth in that offense. He's got a lot of different bodies to make things happen. And I think um, I was having this conversation with Dick Gabriel. I think, I think Will Levis is going to have the better pro career, but I think Devin Leary is the better college quarterback. And I think that's what he's inheriting here. Speaking. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Well, first of all, I got I to gotta throw Mo Williams in that running back conversation. Yeah. With with Benny, Chris, and Sonny Collins. I got to put Mo Williams in there because – Mo Williams too. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he went for two ninety nine at South Carolina, That's and right. I was like, uh, "Give him just give him the one more touch so he can have a three hundred yard rushing game." But you know, he's in there. Oh, um, speaking of Dick Gabriel, I was on his show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you don't have a one deal where you can right. just you know get to him in space, feed him, feed him, feed him. But I think this team, and like you said, Liam's smart enough to know what he has. This team will be more like, you know, the basketball team where, you know, you get five guys with double figures and, you know, everybody yeah. averaging 12 to 15 points a game from your starters. Okay, you you shut down these two where you still got three guys over here who can hurt you. I think it'll be more balanced even if you yeah. don't have a 100-yard, 100-catch guy. Right. And you don't have a Wondell from that standpoint. Barryan and Dane are good, like you said. But these are the guys that Cohen recruited. They played last year for a guy that did not recruit them. True. So Liam wanted them in his system. So they're going to be playing for the guy who wanted them and had a vision of how to use them. So I think that will have to factor into the equation some kind of way too. And we'll see it in their production, I think. Maybe I think we'll see a jump. Maybe neither one of them. I mean, I'm not saying somebody's catching 100 balls. I'm not saying Barry's going to catch so. tonight. But due to them being so balanced, tight end room is so deep. Receivers who are, you know, more dynamic than they ever been. Running backs who are more capable of catching yeah. the ball in the backfield than they ever have. You combine yeah. all of that, even though you don't have a guy you can just, you know, hey, 112 receptions. I think they yeah. can just, they can just spread it around and, and, still be as difficult to defend as they were a couple years ago. The yeah, potential, I, I agree with I agree with that 100%. I think there's going to be just more guys that defenses have to pay attention to and respect where, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that's what was amazing about Wandale is uh, it's one of those guys where the defenses knew what they were going to throw at you. Now, they did have to worry about the run too because Chris – that was obviously Chris's best year, but you know, in the passing game, they kind of knew. I mean, this was the I just pulled it up right here. So Wandale 104 yards, 1334 yards. Then you had Josh Ali with 41 for 601. After that, it, it went Isaiah Cummings 14 for 195, yeah. Justin Rigg 20 for 189, yeah. Isaiah Epps 11 for 171, Demarcus Harris in seven games. Uh, at least seven games with the catch, 12 for 150, and then that was it. It was rig, uh, excuse me, it was Bates 1170. Uh, C Rod had 13 catches out of the backfield, nice. so uh, it's going to be different this year. You're going to see, I think, you're going to see Brown and Key at least at 500 yards a piece. At least, I, I, I'm putting that at a minimum. 
I think Robinson has a better year this year. I think he yeah. has to have a better year this year. That guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously there were issues. We saw it on on Twitter, <laughs> right? Uh, there were issues with Tavian Robinson. There were maturity issues that Mark Stoops put on notice. Same with Liam Cohen. They both pointed it out um, at, at during spring ball. Uh, and Tavion, you could throw him in that in that um, camp with Dane and uh, Varian. He came to play for Liam Cohen, remember? Because yeah. he was he signed in January. He talked about how excited he was to play for Liam Cohen during his introductory press conference in January, and then he ends up playing with um, <laughs> with with Rich Scangarillo, who he didn't get along with. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's another one. And then you just you know you hit it all with all the tight ends they have. Uh, assuming I, I think they are, I, I guess that's going to be a pretty good question for Friday. Uh, Jordan Dingle and Josh Caddis are healthy and ready to go. You know, I think those guys. And I think Isaiah Cummings will find himself back in the mix this year. Uh, Bates is back. You know, the tight end room's loaded. We've covered that. The running back room has so many different guys. But even, you know, you still, I think, obviously, you still got to get more out of that wide receiver room. And I'm very curious to see who steps up, right? Uh, I think, you know, I've mentioned Anthony Brown and Shamar Porter. I think they'll have a chance to contribute right away. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, uh, you know, Chauncey, I thought Chauncey Magwood had a good start to the year. Obviously, he transfers out. Uh, Demarcus Harris has had his moments, but guys like Dakel Crowdis, you, you need that jump from him this year. Even Brandon White, it would be really cool to see make a jump. Um, so it's for me, you kind of have three wide receivers, and I think you know I'd love to see who kind of steps in there, but you know there's plenty to work with here. Yeah, kind of been waiting on Dakel for a little while, and I mean, he's shown I've... flash. I mean, that play against Mississippi State was what we thought. Is what everyone thought we were going to get from, and I think it was a little unfair to expect it year one uh, with the injuries, but people were expecting that from day one with the Cal. And uh, yeah, he's going to be an interesting one this year. I mean, he's still, and you had to give him credit too. Uh, in this day and age, guys like him who have slow starts usually hit the portal and they're out, and he's stuck with it. And, uh, you know, he's probably the fourth or fifth wide receiver on the death chart going into this year, but he's still here and trying to make something happen. So uh, you got to respect that too. And you got to stay healthy. That's the other one. Mm -hmm. One of the first episodes of this podcast was when he committed to Kentucky and decided to stay home and, and, and he still gets mentioned. I think Stoops talked about him in Nashville, you know, the can really run, you know, he's, he still gets, he absolutely talked about in a good light. It's not like he's, you know, in the doghouse or anything no. like that, it's just, it just has it, sometimes it takes a while, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen it. I mean, <laughs> I'm pressing for names right now, but we've seen it where guys are just late bloomers in every sport. Yeah, right, right. And you, and you, you flip the basketball. You had all these freshmen come in one and done, and that's that's not everybody doesn't come in and just blow up in one season. Right. You can't expect every. Freshman to be Anthony Davis, who had you know arguably the greatest freshman season <laughs> of anybody, and everybody doesn't progress that way, you know. Right, like you said, the light goes on for everybody at different times. Different. Yeah, look at uh, if you want to go basketball, look at Nick Richards. It took him three years, yeah. <laughs> and he was in the doghouse. <laughs> Talk about the doghouse. He didn't yeah. play in the. I don't even know if he got how many minutes. He almost got no minutes in the 2018 NCAA tournament, and then he's you know the SEC first team or the next year so it takes time sometimes for sure for sure um speaking of basketball if we want to go back to football we can too but um cows called in some backup some reinforcement uh some insurance whatever you want to call it as far as the bigs are concerned with the addition of 
I, I saw it on overtime. On oh Twitter. my god, <laughs> Zvonimir Avicid. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a better uh, guess than I would have given. <laughs> Tom we'll Leach is there. Tom Leach is the one that's got to really, you know, do uh, it. Nah, he's yeah, he's got to do it every, you know, two, two, three days a week with the games. So yeah, and I mean, you, you this potentially, I don't know. I'd have to ask Tom this if would this maybe be an all present? Oh wow, an all pronunciation team. For him, you got Zvonimir coming. You already got Ugo Onyenso, so that's that wasn't, you know, that easy already. Right. You know, if Oscar Sheepway could have stayed, which if if <laughs> if Oscar stays, you, you I mean, you go and Zvonimir oh probably gosh. aren't here. But I'm just saying, from a pronunciation standpoint, this there's some stuff that's a mouthful. There, there's a lot of, a lot of, yeah, it's going to, that's going to be, it's going to be a tough year to not, no, Tom will be fine. Cause he calls every game, but for the national broadcasters and <laughs> Carl Ravick, she, Ian Eagle, who, uh, that, uh, Jamie Dykes, like it's going to be hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you got the two get big guys with, with foot injuries. Um, Bradshaw yeah. talked about the boot coming off soon. <laughs> you know, the fan base is wondering if he's even going to play with the whole clutch sports thing and the yeah. whole shade and sharp flashbacks and PTSD. I so, get it. <laughs> I get it. I think he'll play, but I get it. <laughs> so to go from everybody being panicked a few months ago when there's only seven guys on the roster to what you have now and then – you're cool with the roster going to Toronto. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So the panic can subside. Then Hugo gets hurt. Bradshaw's already hurt. And then they go out and get this dude from Croatia that, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, he's moving in silence like a lasagna, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, the world, the Kentucky basketball landscape has changed the last 60 days. There's no, I mean, I think Burke's, I want to say it was like June 9th that he committed mm-hmm. and that kind of was the domino effect. Right. So, you know, not even two months ago, we were looking at seven guys and, you know, and it took, you know, several weeks after that to know for sure Antonio Reeves was coming back. So, you know, it's obviously been a very good couple months from roster building, from looking really uh, good in Canada, uh, some team bonding. So, you know, there's a lot to like, but this addition tells me two things. I think one, uh, I don't know what their confidence is with Bradshaw and Ugana. At least one, at least I, I don't know about both, but at least they, I don't think they have confidence both are going to be ready for at least October, maybe even November. I mean, Ugo's a month behind Bradshaw. So maybe that spells they're not, maybe they definitely felt the need for insurance. That That's one thing. And this, this uh, Zadam, I'm not even going to try, but the new kid, <laughs> I know he's 20, but he, I think he classifies as a freshman. So, the other thing with him too is he already kind of if he if they say Bradshaw's fine because if Bradshaw's fine he's going to play a lot. Uh, Ugo, I don't know what his minutes are going to really look like, but they prioritize bringing him back. So I imagine that that he has a role on this team. So say that happens and this kid, it's a tough transition, whatever. And keep in mind too, this so this new player, I'll get the name eventually, but he has already declared for the NBA draft twice. And with that ruling, the next time he declares, he cannot um, back out. Like, he has to stay. He has yeah. to. So that that means he's not going to declare for the draft until he either 
he's confident he's going to be taken. He's where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, you could have this kid in your program for a couple of years if, if he's not where you want to be for a year. So maybe he kind of kickstarts the 24 class in a bit if he doesn't play much, or maybe he is going to play a bunch. I honestly, you know, I've heard mixed things. I've seen people say he's going to be the starting center, and I've seen people say he's going to be almost like a, like Ugo's role last year and hardly play. So it's going to be really, <laughs> it's going to be really fascinating to see where he kind of fits in. How you know this and this five position, you know, with those three guys get split up again. I think if Aaron Bradshaw is healthy, he's a one and done. He's going to need to play. Uh, you got to get the most out of him. So it's going to be interesting. And the other aspect of it is, <laughs> I know, and they're going to play harder teams. Like I, I think the teams they played a global jam were two or th- two steps up from what they played in the Bahamas. But they're still a step below what they're going to see, even maybe on opening night. So how does, like, the small ball looked really good. Like, and Cal talked about how much he liked Trey Mitchell at the five. And Trey Mitchell shot 44% from three in FIBA three from the five. Do you want, don't you want to see him get that shot? And maybe Bradshaw is the, you know, we talked about, we, there's been, you know, Bradshaw's like, I want to play the four. Maybe he is the four and Mitchell's the five. I don't know. It's not my job. But uh, there's this addition just to me. I Obviously, depth. I'm always a fan of depth. But it also yes. it, it, it makes me question just how you're going to make everything work. And the second thing, and, you know, talking about Dick Gabriel's show again, I was on there earlier this week. And my biggest thing is it's a new – this is a new era of college sports. you got to keep everyone happy. You're re-recruiting your guys every day. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And there's so, you know, you'd love for everyone to have Rob Billingham's attitude, right? Because Rob was asked in Canada, like, you know, you haven't played much. Are you okay with that? And he talked about, well, DJ and Reed were playing great. Why would I be upset about that? If Rob Dillingham has that attitude all year and sprinkles it on everyone else, this is a special group that just doesn't care and they're going to stick with it. But I'm not assuming anything about guys. I just know covering college sports the last couple of years, that's not how it works. So you got to keep guys happy. So it's going to be just, I'm very curious to see how the rotations end up. Uh, and I'm glad it's not my problem because uh, it's hard to do. There's a lot of, it's a good problem. Again, it's a good problem to have because there's a lot of good players on this team. Uh, no, DJ Wagner should not have gone to Louisville or Kentucky should not have wanted him to go to Louisville, Jeff Goodman, to get guys happier. Uh <laughs> it's okay that they're really talented and have a lot of pieces, but it's going to be up to Cal to make it work on and off the court. Talked about Goodman earlier today. And I'm not even trying to take a shot. That was just such a dumb one. He, you know, and some of these media types, it's obvious. It's been clear that, you know, they're not fans of Calipari. Some of our fans of Kentucky, Goodman, uh, 40, those types of guys. And, the fan base, you know, gets riled up and gets triggered and goes at them. And maybe some of sometimes they probably know they're poking to try to get a reaction. Right. And if you, some don't worry about it, some don't care, but there's that portion of the fan base that I think wants those guys to view Kentucky objectively, at least that's all or view yes, them I the way the fans ask for. And then they're, they're not, some of them just aren't going to do that. And no matter right. how you, rebut what they say or in, try to get them to engage. They're just, they're just not. So 
Yeah. Is it a waste of time? Yeah, because they're gonna yeah. they're gonna they're look at it with all these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, they're looking at it through their lens, and their lens aren't gonna change. And no. as much as you want them to like and take it, they're just they're just not gonna feel the same way as as yeah. we do. But you know, that's to say yeah. what he said. The off season was a C. You know the the. The way they the recruiting class in the portal, he was. Yeah. And if he wants to say it's mad at him or that he doesn't feel they did a good job, whatever. That's it's, yeah. It's, you know. I, and I, look, I, I met Jeff once, and he was very nice to me. He's a nice guy, and I know, yeah. you know, whatever his thing against Kentucky. Yeah, I know yeah. there's been things in the past. I'm not. I, that's not my place to speak on that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so with Calipari, not Kentucky. But uh, right. it's just. It, it, like guys, I mean, it's sports talk radio at the end of the day, right? Like, he's, yeah. there's not, you would like everyone to be objective. You'd like everyone to uh, like your team. That's not going to happen. And I, I don't even think, I don't even think it's like your team. Like I will be uh, <laughs> anyone who ripped Kentucky for how last season went or ripped them for the St. Peter's loss was every bit in their right. They deserved every mm-hmm. bit of it. Uh, I've definitely ripped them plenty for all that, and they deserve it. Like, that is what it is. But I just don't see how <laughs> you can really rip them when it is the number one freshman recruiting class, albeit it's a weak overall 23 class. But, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of – I mean, you look at NBA mock drafts, I know, whatever. All, these kids' names are all over it, and they're in the top ten. So, like, NBA scouts view these kids pretty nicely. And I know for a fact, you know, just talking to people that a lot of like Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner and Bradshaw, they're all going to be lottery picks or at very least first round picks. Uh, and other guys have a chance to play themselves into conversation to be drafted or if not in the first round. So this is a very talented team. I don't know if it's going to work with all the freshmen and the lack of experience come March. I don't know if it's going to be a great thing come March. That's why you play the games. Um, but I, it just seems, yeah, the criticism from him, I'd be okay if it were valid criticism, but some of it yeah. is just, it's not valid, it's stupid. Yeah. The whole DJ Wagner thing is ridiculous. Like, a kid made the decision, leave him alone. He made his choice. I think it was the right choice. I think, talk to me in three years, or not even three years. If Louisville has a great season this year, uh, and I hope they do, because it's better for the state, it's better for the rivalry, and I like Kenny Payne. I, I covered Kenny Payne. I like Kenny Payne. Um, he's a good dude. So if they have a great year next year and Kentucky has a great year next year and you want to, it's a recruiting battle, I'll be it. But it's hard to get mad at a kid for not wanting to go to a team that went four and 28. And yes, he had a relationship with Kenny Payne, but John Calipari coached his dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's been there for life. Yeah. His grandfather played there, but this was was the Louisville in his heyday. And to – to look at the st- as as down as Kentucky was, you know, to look at Louisville winning four games last year, do you want to walk into that? The situation was it was just a they were like IUPI level, like they were horrible. They didn't even get included in the ACC SEC challenge. If, they're they're on the yeah, outside looking if, in. If the that. rules were reversed, uh, you would say the same thing, right? If Kentucky was the one that went four and twenty eight, yeah. we and DJ Wagner picked Kentucky, then you're like. Dude, you should be going to play for your grandfather's legacy at Louisville, right? But that's not how it went. John Calipari was the one who coached his father. John Calipari is the one he grew up around. 
uh, his grandfather too, obviously, but yeah. he didn't go, he didn't watch his grandpa play at Louisville. I'm not sure he pl- was old enough to see his dad at Memphis, uh, obviously not at Memphis, but even watch his dad in the NBA that he remembers it well enough. Right. But mm-hmm. like, he's been around John Calipari. I know that. And that's a coach. Like, I, it's not like, it'd be one thing if Milt was the coach or an assist. I know he's on like their, I don't know. He has a role, but it's not like he's on the coaching staff. He's not directly involved with the, you know, day-to-day operations, you know, on the court in practice. So uh, it, it was just all ridiculous. It's stupid. Let kids make a decision. If it's wrong for them, they have so many ways to correct it now. Speaking of all this, Kentucky Louisville, uh, they just announced that the game is going to be on December 21st. Oh, I love that. On a, yeah. on a Thursday. I love it. Saturday. I love oh, it. It's weird. I, it is weird, but I love it for a couple of reasons. One, no bowl interference. Like, good for media, good for the fans. Remember last year, it was like, of course they put the freaking Louisville game the same time as the football game when we had the whole basketball, football school. It was just like karma. <laughs> it was karma for that whole crappy situation, both sides getting punished for it. So that's the first thing. The second thing I love about it is it's December 21st. That means not everyone's going to be leaving for their Christmas vacation yet because, you know, people have to work till the 22nd. Uh, You know, students will probably be out of town, but the students who live in Kentucky, like it's a Thursday night before the holidays. Like you can go to that game and make noise. So I love it. Downtown Louisville, Thursday night. Why not? I'm, I'm, and maybe it'll even be a day game. I don't know because obviously school won't be in session at that point. So Whatever it is, I'm a fan. And plus, you like for the many families across the state that are split homes, you got Christmas bragging rights on the right line, right? Like you could be, you could be grandma, the Louisville fan, and have your grandson coming who's a Kentucky fan. And it, one of them could not want to be showing up for Christmas dinner that night. So uh, I think it's great. I, I, I know it's weird. It's a Thursday, it's not a Saturday, but I love it. I, I do. Yeah, and I get to cover it. I never get to cover it because I'm always at the bowl game, which is a good problem to have. It means I'm covering a pretty good football team at the very least. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's good. I, I know Saturday, the Saturday Thursday thing. Like when I saw the 21st was a Thursday, I was kind of like, "Ooh, that's different." But I love the date, the 21st, more so than the 31st. Yeah, and for for football, I don't think this year. It would be a conflict even if the game was on Saturday because I think Kentucky Kentucky should make a bowl game that's being played later than the twenty first. Yeah. If all goes think. like we hope, yeah. you would think at the very least they'll be in. <laughs> there's Tampa six. There's six from... and six playing in Shreveport yeah. on the twenty oh, first. Then we're like, and it's the what, same or time. Even in more. Vegas on the seventeenth, like they're like, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have thought. I think at the very least, you know, my I guess if I were to make a preseason bowl projection, it would be. Uh, I don't even know what they call it anymore, but get to that Tampa Bowl. You know, get that means a nine to ten win season. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be in the Citrus Bowl just because of the they were just there two years ago. But get to that Tampa Bowl. You know, that's a, that's one they haven't been to since '99. Obviously, Tim Couch against Penn State. Like, get to that one at the minimum. I think should be pretty pretty uh, attainable goal right there. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, there's there's no doubt. And there's no worry whatsoever now about conflict since it is Thursday. So man, now a third a Thursday day game. I mean it's possible, right? Ooh. I don't think yeah. it will be. Obviously it won't get the ratings. 
Fifth not everybody uh, been off. Yeah, so probably uh, not. I was just more so thinking because I know they've kind of had day games at that time, like on the twenty first. But usually they, they're, they're fr- like I think Florida A and M might have been the twenty second uh, yeah. or something. So yeah. it's Louisville, Kentucky. It'll be a, it'll be a Thursday night game, I'm sure. But still, I I think it's I think it's good. I really do. I know the Thursday again. The Thursday Saturday. Well, okay, we could debate that, but. I love mm-hmm. I love that it's before and it's before SEC play, so you can solely just get to league play by that point. I like that aspect too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, uh, like usually, what they play Missouri and then they magically have to play Louisville and then they go back and play LSU or something. It's just like mm-hmm. let's let's go conference ball the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting, interesting. So, you know, a little MLB to finish up, I guess, man. You're few days ago, I know you were pretty fed up with your Yankees. Are you back on board now? No. They, <laughs> they won the night. I'm not even like – just won. no. No, they got to – here's my thing. Here's my thing. Like, you got to pick a direction, right? The Mets, and I think we, to both of our delight, have been a dumpster fire this year. Mm-hmm. Dumpster fire. Highest payroll in the sports history. And they're under 500. They're going to miss the playoffs. Sell, sell, sell. At the they sold, and they did the right thing. Like they did, I, and the whole buying prospects thing—it's genius. They're the only team in sports right now that could do that. They sold off all these players. They got, they rebuilt their farm system. They might suck. They're going to suck for the rest of this year. They're going to be mediocre next year. I think they'll compete, but they'll be mediocre. You know, the Braves are going to finish thirty games above them again next year, whatever. But like their future, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. With the Yankees, it's an aging ball club. You know, you have two super. I, I'm just. It's like Angels East right now, man. It's you got Garrett Cole who's going to win the Cy Young. You got Aaron Judge who's health. Uh, he's not. He's not 100 healthy, but he's balling since he's been back. He's, I think, the second best player in the sport behind Shohei Otani. Uh, so, but then you got the roster around them. Just outside of some of the guys in the bullpen are not very good. So you, in my opinion. You either had to decide, okay, we're three and a half out of the playoffs. Do we just hit the plug on, you know, bite the bullet this year, sell off some pieces and kind of do what the Mets did? Not not buying prospects, but bolstering the farm a little bit, getting some pieces who maybe are going to be on your team for the future years and then, you know, regroup in the offseason. Or do you say, you know, we're three and a half back. Let's just screw it. Let's go balls to the wall and let's buy and let's, let's have a run at this kind of like the angels did. Like, I, I don't know if what the angels did is smart in the long run, but I respect that they picked the direction and they went in it fully. So I would have wanted what the angels did, or I would have wanted what the Mets did. Mm. And they went with the worst possible thing you could do. And like, there's an old saying in sports in the off season, when your team does nothing, this is more for pro sports than college, by the way. When your team does nothing, you're getting worse, not better. And in my opinion, the Yankees just got worse, not better. And there's like no, I like, I don't know. Like, if they make the playoffs this year, that's great. But are they going to feel like they're stuck in their ways? Are they going to feel like, you know, what they did worked and they're just going to roll the ball out like they did last year? So, or next year. So, I don't know. I'm not, not happy. Not, I mean, I'll root for them to win every game because it's in my DNA. I can't root against them, but like, uh, even like when the Giants are tanking, like I have, I have my trouble rooting against them. Um, but it, I'm not happy with the direction. Like I've never been less excited about a win than I am tonight. Man. So 
I mean, if they were in the AL Central, they'd be up a game on the Twins. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one thing you got to keep in mind because the AL East is a juggernaut, man. I mean, they they shouldn't be. They're not a last place team. Like they're bad, but they're not. They're not yeah. a last place team. Like yeah. they are. They're a third place team in most divisions. Yeah, that's that's not the Yankee way. I mean, this is the worst season of my lifetime, and they're still four over. So wow. whatever, but. It's just I again. I'm all about like with the Braves. Clearly, went into like you could as a Braves fan. Like I don't know what year they started. 2013. They kind of started. Okay, Chippers finally retired. The team is old. Tim Hudson. Whatever. We're gonna we're gonna retool a little bit. We're gonna bite the bullet for a couple of years. You know, Freddie Freeman was you know learning his way in the league. Jason Hayward at the beginning mm-hmm. of his career. And then eventually, you know, you had the amazing farm system that has turned into what this team is now. And, you know, eventually it was time to turn on the Jets and the Braves are the best team in baseball. They're not going anywhere for a long time. Like that was the direction. Baltimore and Houston. I hate that it worked for both of them because I hate tanking. But they tanked. They got the first pick for years on years. Their farm systems were sick. The Astros already have two World Series to show for it. The Orioles are going to get, I think, I don't know about this year, but they're going to get one in the next three. Like they're, they're legit. I watched them plenty. They're legit. So like. I'm all for direction. I just want to see a direction, and the Yankees showed zero direction, and that's what really pissed me off. And Baltimore's been waiting a while too. I mean, they absolutely, and that's, and that's a good that's a good team from the old days. Yes, that, I mean that was contending and in the seventies, yeah. going toe to toe with the A's and the Reds, and yeah, you know, Frank Robinson, you know, winning MVPs in both leagues, and yeah, Cal playing every day, yeah, yeah. And, and like. And they have, I've been, I don't know if you've been to Camden Yards, but that is my favorite, literally my favorite stadium in baseball wow. that I've been to. Mm. Gorgeous. The fans really care, even though it didn't look like it. They were so frustrated they didn't show up. But like, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't hate it for their fans. I don't hate it for the players. I just like, I don't love the idea that tanking should be rewarded. And I think it's mm-hmm. a good thing that, you know, the MLB finally caught up and, has a lottery system now. So like this can't happen necessarily. Like Oakland's not going to be Oakland had the sixth pick last year. Like they, and you know, they they're tanking every year now. So, um, but still like, I'm happy for that fan base. I'm happy that really awesome ballparks full every night, but yeah, they're going to be a problem. They, but they picked a direction and they went to it. And that's Mm -hmm. all, that's all you ask as a fan. I think is to kind of, have some clarity, kind of have a clear head of where your team's going to be at. I think the worst part is being stuck. I think that's even why Kentucky fans, to be honest with you, man, were so upset. Like they didn't know for not this year, they kind of knew the direction of the freshman, but the last couple of years it was, all right, what transfers are we adding? Who were we even looking at? Um, Like what are the complimentary pieces? Like there was a lot of questions. And I think the more questions, usually the worse you are. You want to have limited questions. You want to kind of know what you're getting. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that that's the problem with the Yankees right now. I have no clue uh, what the future of this franchise looks like, and that that's scary. That's a scary place to be at, for a team you care about. It's kind of like the like the Hawks. They're in yeah that per, in that purgatory in every year. They're in, yeah, uh, at forty to forty six ish wins right. a year. Like should seven, they tra- <laughs> eight seed? Yeah, probably out in the first round if you're lucky. Go to it's the a second tough round. spot because you want to make the playoffs <laughs> and you want to have a guy like Trey Young forever because he's so good and you want him to be the face of your franchise. But no if you threat know, to ever win the title, ever. right? 
Yeah. No, they're never going to win. So aren't you better off tearing it down and trying again? Like that, that's, that you're, that's a great example. Even teams like, I, I think the Utah jazz finally had enough of it. Right. We're like, they were better than the Hawks, but they were the five, the four seed in the West. They maybe would win in the first round and then they get their ass kicked in the second. Like they were never getting past the second round. What do they do? They go trade Bill bear. They go trade Mitchell. They get younger. And they actually like did some pretty good things as a young team up and coming last. I mean, Walker Kessler, all that good stuff. So I don't know. I'm all about direction and I could go on and on about examples and, the Yankees really let me down by just not picking a direction. <laughs> you, you've been the Yankees fan. You are the great Yogi Bear said, when you get to a fork in the road, take it. So Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to your old guy's advice, man. It's Absolutely. just, it's just, I don't know. Like, again, I wouldn't have been upset either way. If they went out and did a lot of things, I would have been, all right, let's go. Let's see what happens. If they went out and got rid of some guys, uh, I would have been totally fine with that too. So, frustrating but uh yeah uh the braves are a lot better than the yankees that's for and they unfortunately the yankees have to go there in a couple weeks and i don't even want to watch so yeah <laughs> it's to the point now which when they drop a game on twitter it's like oh my god like, yeah. like what's wrong you're not gonna play 700 ball for 162 games so you're just- not gonna hit 100 home runs like every week just calm down. <laughs> I mean, and if you want to sputter, let's let's sputter right now in August and get yeah. out of our system, and then be peaking when you yeah. know postseason gets. Yeah, they it. peaked early last year, right? So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's obviously last year was awesome still, but like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, they're 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 a very well run team. They picked a direction ten years ago and built it into what it is now. Like that's the type of thing I want to see. Uh, even if it means the Yankees are not going to be the Yankees the next couple of years, they're going to struggle. Like I rather know that and build towards something else, but mm-hmm. they decided to stay in uh, to stay in the middle ground, which is stupid, but whatever. <laughs> we just got to, you know, they were quiet at the deadline. So hopefully Max Freed and the yeah. starters come back and, you know, um, yeah, that there's, Gonna roll the dice. Looks like they're gonna, you know, roll the dice and think they're good. So yeah, they're they're the, they're the interesting case of like, man, they're really really good. Do you even want to bring someone in and maybe risk messing with the chemistry? Right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like you obviously always want to get better. You never you're looking to upgrade, but like there's no upgrades to be made in the Braves lineup. Like one through nine, <laughs> good yeah. luck. One through nine, good luck. Yeah. Uh, the starting staff, yeah, maybe you could use the reinforcement, but. This was also a terrible trade market at the end of the day. Like, as much as I would have loved to see additions if the Yankees chose that route, like there weren't many. Oh, once Otani and Soto were pulled off the market, it was kind of like, like who's who are the Braves really going to get that? Who's going to be better than Max Fried? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be better than some of the other guys that got coming back? Nobody. So, um, I think and, they'll be just fine. And you want to always get better and upgrade, but you you don't want to just make moves, just be making moves, right? Either. And the and that's and the, what it. Kind of right. would have felt like, and like the and, Braves you know, always will have dudes, but like mm-hmm. they they spent a lot like to get some of the like Matt Olson to get Sean Murphy. Like their farm system's a little depleted right now, and uh, it doesn't hurt to keep some of the guys around and keep developing them because the Braves are so good at yeah. developing talent. And it's like you know they were talking about Verlander. I didn't know how I felt about There's, that. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, really, it, yeah, I don't know if you make a deal with the. Uh, I mean, you probably would have done. You know, he's yeah. 
I mean, he might go to Houston and be a, a uh, horse again. He's going to go to Houston and be a horse again. He, but and, but and of I course, would... you know where his debut is, Yankee Stadium on Saturday. <laughs> man, the rains are pours, man. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you, though. Like, eh. But I think, again, like, I don't even know. I don't know if there's anyone in the NL that even scares me if I'm the Braves. Like, the Dodgers are not the – they're good, but they're not the Dodgers. I think mm-hmm. any fan would tell you they're not the same Dodgers of old. Or just a couple of years ago, the Reds are I st- like the Reds really play, talented. The Reds play every game with Cincinnati's one yeah. run game. Crazy as that sounds. Yeah, it's I just dirty. don't think that pitching is going to hold up in the playoffs. It, it shouldn't. If, if and, conventional wisdom and history shows it, no, nah, it's it not. Shouldn't, you it know. shouldn't. And then Milwaukee's got some good pitching. They don't have the hitting. Philly. Yeah. Philly, you're not going to lose to Philly again. Mm-hmm. Not going to lose to Miami. So I think it's really going to be. I think we're on a collision course for a Braves Astros rematch, if you ask me. But yeah, we'll be possible. Yep, yep, yep. So man, we hit the NFL. We hit a little MLB. All the Kentucky stuff just happening right now as well. So uh, hope you enjoy Fan Day, Media Day. It's time to ramp it back up. You bet. Appreciate everybody taking the time to watch and listen. Believe Network, Believe.com. Should have said at the beginning. Um, we got merch, shop.believe.com. Get yourself a Cat Daddy shirt. Uh, get yourself a copy of the football yearbook at the Cat's Paws. I got my order. It should be here in a couple of days. So awesome. looking forward to that. Uh, basketball yearbook is Yeah, I'm done. working. It's- Okay. Uh, not almost. I wouldn't go there, but it's we're making hay on it. I, I think usually before media day, basketball media day, that is. So early okay. October, first week of October. So there's okay. work to be done, but uh, pretty good head start on that already. Really, the thing that's setting me back a little bit is not knowing the non-conference schedule. So uh, mm-hmm. outside of a couple teams, so I need I need Kentucky to release that schedule. But uh, we'll yeah. See. So I was, you know, you can go in there and. and a Joe Hall tribute article, all kind of stuff you can go. You mentioned what shop.caspalls.com. So uh, get your yearbooks, get yourself caught up on everything. Aaron still got the win series. Uh, we ranked our wins yep. a few weeks ago. Um, and the win today was, you know, Josh Allen was breaking Benny's. Yep. I mean, Benny, Benny breaking Sonny Collins' record and, you know, the, the Citrus Bowl win over Penn State. <laughs> Three sacks for Josh Allen in his sleep, it felt like. Yeah, absolutely. So, y'all, be sure to read those articles and keep checking us out. We'll be back next week. We'll be live on all the platforms, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and talk about everything went down to media day, fan day, uh, any other news that happens between now and then, too. We'll be here to talk about it, man. So, AG, man, Always, have a good man. rest of your week. Same to you, man. Appreciate everybody taking the time to watch and listen. Y'all stay tuned. Keep coming back. Check us out here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky, and we will holler at everybody next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.